0: and vegetable or green product field of greens isn't watered down extracts field of greens is an organic superfood it's whole fruits and vegetables each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart liver kidneys metabolism and of course your immune system and only field of greens is backed by a better health promise at your next checkup Hello America. It is good to be with you. We've got a special guest. My good friend, Kim Herman is joining us from the Southeastern Legal Foundation. They've done a lot of the work for our FOIA. She has an extraordinary case. You've heard a little bit about it out of the Springfield public school system in Missouri. She's here to tell us all about it. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, the extraordinary story of two teachers Refusing to teach a curriculum they believe is racist. We're going to have that story right here from the Southeastern Legal Foundation and my good friend, Kim Herman, right after this commercial break.
1: Temp Check. time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply.
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very good friend of mine, an unbelievably accomplished lawyer and someone who's really on the pulse of some of the most important legal cases in America right now. Joining me is Kimberly Herman, the chief counsel for the Southeastern Legal Foundation. Kimberly, good to have you on.
1: Good to be here, John.
0: Now, before we get started, I want everybody to know that you and I have worked together and this uh, foundation and Just the News have worked together on a series of um, very important FOIA litigation. So people put that on the table. They know as a journalist, I should disclose that. But as part of this, you do a lot of other work outside of Just the News. And in the last week, you have had a really landmark lawsuit filed on behalf of some teachers in Missouri. Talk a little bit about what that case brings to the table and what where it's headed.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, we filed a lawsuit on behalf of two educators out in Springfield, uh, Missouri, against Springfield Public Schools, their employer, for for violating the First Amendment. Um, last year, the school district there required all of its employees, so anyone from down from a, a bus driver driving the kids to, to school, all the way up to an AP history teacher actually teaching them in the classroom, required them to do what they called an equity and anti-racist training. And in this training, they demanded that all of their educators commit to, quote-unquote, equity, become, quote anti-racist educators and really just affirm the divisive and discriminatory race-based programming that we're seeing being talked about at kitchen tables and in newsrooms uh, right now across the country.
0: Yeah. So in the the code word or the catch-all term to this, I think it's called critical race theory or equity learning. So these teachers believe that what they were being asked to subject themselves to and what they were then being asked to take into the classroom was, what, inappropriate, not not, not right for teacher uh, teachers to be subjected to, right? They, they felt this would be detrimental to students?
1: Yeah, and even more than that, um, what they're actually asked, being asked to do through these trainings is to violate the Constitution, right? So there's the first level of this where the school district is violating the First Amendment in the trainings because they're actually compelling the teachers and the educators in these trainings to agree with doctrines that they know are illegal, right? They're then being asked to go into the classroom and violate the students' equal protection rights. Because as, as we all know, this isn't about so called equity, this is actually about really using that term to teach the students that they should see race first and foremost that they should dislike each other, that they should hate each other. And these teachers know that that's wrong emotionally and that it's wrong legally. And that's why they filed this lawsuit.
0: It is remarkable. I think that, you know, I've talked to a lot of parents. We've had a few of the parents on the show recently and to a T, the thing that uh, troubles them most, whether they're African-American, white, Hispanic, Latino, whatever, they all say, listen, what's going on in the school system right now is we're teaching our children, we're conditioning them to see a person's skin color as the first and you know primary determinant of how their life's gonna turn out, how we're gonna deal with each other. And to me, that's like a new form of racism. That's what these pe- uh, teachers are saying. And these, uh, or excuse me, these parents are saying, I assume that these teachers who were on the inside and went through this training, that they were actually, that was the, you know, the framework which they were being then sent to the classroom to teach. Is that correct?
1: That's exactly what they were being sent to the classroom to teach, and and you know this the school district in Springfield even took it a step further. So there is the race component here, where they're actually teaching them that you need to place each child on an oppression matrix. You need to put yourself on an oppression matrix and identify that you are a white supremacist because, say, maybe you voted for Donald Trump, right? Or maybe because if you are um, a victim of a crime and possibly um the person committing that crime is a person of color and you call the police you are then a white supremacist this is in the documents that they were actually given in the training and they are then told to take into the classroom but here they took it a step further and even told these teachers how to vote there are there trainers in these, uh, this school district that told these teachers, you need to espouse to socialist ideas, you need to vote for socialist candidates, and you need to be putting that into the classroom and teaching this to kids as young as four or five years old. And these are educators who have dedicated their lives to teaching students, to putting students first, children first, and they couldn't do it one more day. And um, that's when they came to us and said, please help us do something about this to stop it.
0: Now, if I remember correctly from the lawsuit papers, these teachers were asked during this training to divulge very personal things that really have nothing to do with their job. Is that right?
1: That's correct. They were asked to disclose um, their political ideology um certain uh, aspects about their identity, um, their social beliefs. And they were also asked, interestingly enough, um, to hold up signs. They had to actually hold up signs with whether they agreed or disagree with statements that were made. And these statements had to do with saying, you know, do you agree that the district should be committed to equity? course, never defining what they mean by that, but we all know that what they mean is to actually teach this divisive and discriminatory curriculum. Um, And they were told that if they did held up the disagree sign, they basically, they were actually told not to hold up the disagree sign. It wasn't even if you hold it up, what's going to happen. It was in the beginning, do not hold it up because that would be disrespectful. So not only were they having to divulge this, but they had to formally agree with these statements
0: unreal it almost seems like a yeah. brain uh, brainwashing exercise it's so weird what was going on and um, yeah it, just extraordinary now talk about the constitutional issues here because at the end of the day this is much bigger than some teachers in a dispute over how they're going to teach in a, in a classroom this is about the you know are we going to treat people equally are we going to allow race to be the definitive uh, subject uh, for determining all of our relationships what are the key constitutional issues here
1: yeah, so in this Missouri case that we just filed, the, the key constitutional issues actually center around the First Amendment um, because the lawsuit is focused specifically on this district-wide training that every single employee had to take. And the First Amendment, we all know, says that you cannot discriminate based on viewpoint. And that's exactly what they're doing here. You cannot cause individuals to self-center, again, by telling you that you're a white supremacist. If you voted for Donald Trump or support uh, the slogan, Make America Great Again, you're told to self-censor and not let anyone know that. And they're forcing them to accept beliefs that they just simply don't agree with. Um, And so that is really the core of this case. And as we talked about before, we filed a case up in Evanston, Illinois earlier this year that's focused primarily on the 14th Amendment and civil rights. In other words, you cannot treat people differently because of their color of their skin. And there, they're actually segregating students and segregating teachers. And so there's also that component that comes into play in all of these, uh, quote unquote, critical race theory cases um, that we are you know, bringing and that we're, we're going to be bringing some more.
0: Remarkable. It really is remarkable as we look out there is uh within this sort of movement it really is a movement right Um, you've got really three or four different trends you've got the teachers going through this indoctrination training and then being asked to take the indoctrination into the classroom then you have um what we, uh, what I'm calling or hearing be called identity classrooms, which is, uh, we just had an extraordinary mom on this show uh, from Atlanta who was told her African American daughter could only go to the black classroom because she she wouldn't feel good with white uh, students, and so she couldn't believe what she heard, and she captured these principles on tape, and there was a bruhaha uh, thing, but you have the sort of new form of segregation going on through identity. Uh, distribution. Uh, and then I think the, the third part of it is anyone who tries to object uh, faces either professional consequence uh, or ridicule. Uh, uh, and I think in your case, you have a little bit of all three, right? All kind of going on in the in the Springfield, Missouri uh, school district. Is that right?
1: Yeah, they all come into play. You know, it gets to a point where they, all of those issues merge together. And that's really when we see these teachers coming to us and saying, please help us do something about this, right? We've got parents that are speaking up at school board meetings, and they're forming groups in their communities, and they're really the voice of the grassroots movement here. But what's been most interesting to me is that the people who come to us and say, I really, really... um, we need to file a lawsuit because that's the only way this is going to change in our district. They're the teachers because they see it up close and personal. For them, this is nothing new. For a lot of parents, COVID and virtual learning brought this to the attention um, and the great reporting that you're doing and that others are doing has brought it to the forefront and made it a kitchen table discussion. Um, But the teachers have been seeing it for years. They've been trained on this for years. They've been been told, teach this to the kids for years. And they're at a point where they can't they can't not do it anymore because they're going to they're being forced to do it and they are taking action. And so um, that's what we're seeing here with our clients. And like I mentioned, we have several additional lawsuits that are going to be coming. And um, the majority of them are on behalf of teachers who are speaking up for others. Kids.
0: Yeah, but it yeah. takes it takes yeah. a lot of bravery because I I've talked to a couple of teachers who haven't gone as far as your clients have here, but the ridicule the the second they dare come and say you know I'm uncomfortable about this I don't want to be teaching kids to look at the color of skin as the primary determinant of your future, uh, they get a lot of ridicule. There's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of ganging up on them. So it takes a lot of courage for a teacher or a parent. To um, to go through this, the, the parent in Atlanta talked about her husband was going to get fired from the school district or moved out of the school as part of the retaliation, and her daughter was then put into a special ed class even though she you know, was overperforming the normal students. And so, sort of the, the the brushback that comes with this. Have these teachers that you're representing felt any retaliation yet?
1: Uh, you know, we just filed the lawsuit this week, but the response honestly, the response um, for Brooke and Jennifer in this case has been overwhelmingly positive. You know, in Springfield, there is a school board member who has been speaking up about this. Just this past week at the school board meeting, um, she raised the issue of teacher training and questioned what it is that they were actually training their teachers to take into the classroom. And so there's a level of support in the Springfield community um, that is going to carry this case and it's going to carry our clients um, You know, through this and they will make it through, um, and I think that you know at the end of the day they are they will be seen as heroes for our children. Um, in other parts of the country, it is it is certainly different. But when you look at the over, the, the numbers, I think parents defending education, they put out a poll, um, and it was something like seventy or eighty percent of the parents polled um, did not want this in their in their their kids' classrooms. We saw that in our um, In too. any way, shape, or form, yeah, and so. Um, their response, nobody wants this. Nobody wants their kids being taught to hate or to hate themselves. Nobody wants this. And so we've got to get it out of our classrooms.
0: Such a remarkable moment. And I think the pandemic may have opened because this clearly has been going on for more than a couple of months. This has been going on for maybe a year or two from what we can tell but it seems like the pandemic gave parents an opportunity and uh, maybe teachers too, through the remote learning things that were going on to look and say, wait a second, what, what are they teaching my kids? Wait, wait a second. Uh, how much did the pandemic open parents' eyes in your mind?
1: Tremendously. As a mom myself um, who had to switch uh, and and teach my kids virtually. And and they're young. So sitting right next to them as they're trying to navigate the computer, something they've never really used at that point, um, you're seeing every lesson, you're hearing every word, you're seeing every assignment. Um, And, uh, you know, it opened parents eyes tremendously. And I I think it really just reminded parents that we we have to continuously advocate for our children, um, not just on the sports field, You know, not just, you know, helping them navigate social situations, but also with curriculum and that we as parents must have a level of control over what our kids are being taught in the classroom. And it's time for us to take that back.
0: Now, some of the teaching materials, some of the symposium or indoctrination materials that that your clients witness, have those been made public? Can people go and look and see what these teachers were being subjected to to learn and participate in?
1: Yeah, we have made some of them public, and um, uh, starting this coming week, we're actually going to be posting the full trainings um, that they were forced to take on our website. And so um, that is coming, and we will be posting that on our website, um, slfliberty.org, and they'll be able to go on and see the full PowerPoint presentations and all the links to the YouTube videos that they were forced to watch and, and forced to engage in.
0: That is some good stuff. The uh, I think people just need to watch. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to experience it want, uh, firsthand. And I think that will be an amazing thing. Now, uh, uh, let me remind everybody on the Just the News, uh, John Solomon Report site. Uh, Kim really did a lot of the important work that helped us free up documents, both in the Russia collusion story and in the uh, Hunter Biden Ukraine story. In fact, really through the great work of SLF and, and Kim specifically, we change the entire narrative from where it left at impeachment to where it is today. Uh, What, uh, so I've experienced uh, SLF's extraordinary, you know, contributions and our whole reading team here and our whole audience has seen it. What are some of the other places that SLF is doing work like that? You're such an important public interest law firm. Uh, What are some of the other areas that you guys are doing important work in today?
1: Thank you for that. And the work we've done in in the Ukraine-Biden and everything narrative has been been phenomenal together. Um, We are continuing to move forward with our 1A project. Um, We represent college students fighting for their First Amendment rights on college campuses. We train them. We educate them so that when they go out into the world, um, they can continue to fight for the Constitution and advocate for it. Um, we have some property rights cases and some big work coming down the pipeline with respect to some things that are in the infrastructure bill that um, where our government is, again, treating people differently because of the color of their skin. Um, this is a repeated pattern that we're seeing out of the Biden administration. And we are here to be the watchdog and to take it to court when they actually do it and to stop it.
0: Such important stuff. Such important stuff. And I think you won a big case, didn't you, in a, a farmer loan situation, we did. right? We that, did. Again, race-based, yeah. wasn't it?
1: We, we did, yeah. So um, the Biden administration came out and said we are going to forgive, um, automatically forgive, all federal farming loans. Um, but the catch is it was only for uh, non-white farmers. So white farmers were specifically excluded from this farm loan forgiveness. And um, we secured a nationwide injunction. Um, stopping the USDA and stopping the federal government from being able to go ahead and continue with its program. And we continue to litigate that case all the way to the merits. Um, and we we fully expect that case to work its way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. So a very important case, very important precedent to set. Um, and then we will be using that precedent, of course, to uh, go through, like I said, that infrastructure bill and anything else that comes out of Congress um, or any of the agencies and to stop them from discriminating. And the Constitution says you can't treat people differently because of their skin color. Uh, Our morals tell us that. And we will fight uh, to make sure that that's enforced.
0: You know, the vast majority of Americans are also telling us that they don't want this sort of return to racism, where that color of your skin becomes the dominant determinant about how we're going to deal with each other or what your future is and It is pretty remarkable, whether it's in farming or in schools, this cultural phenomenon is underway, and SLF is right on the front lines of this. If people want to stay in touch with your work, uh, Kim, and what you're doing at the foundation, I know um, slfliberty.org is one thing. How about on uh, Facebook or Twitter? How do people follow your work there?
1: Yeah, they can find us on both of them. Um, It's just at SLF Liberty. And um, they could find me on Twitter, too. It's at Kimmy Herman. So they can give me a follow and keep up with all of our work.
0: Such important stuff. We love to see the work. We've had a lot of stories about the foundation's work this year because it's very consequential. You guys are winning some very big filing and winning some very big cases. And again, from all of us here at Just the News, we're really grateful for the work that you have done in helping to get transparency in some places where the State Department and others didn't want, FBI and Justice Department didn't want to give us that transparency. So we're really, really grateful.
1: Well, great. No, thank you. It's fun work to do and fun to work together.
0: It it sure is. All right. Well, Kim, we're going to get you back on soon because I know there are going to be developments in all these cases. And uh, I think we're going to be going through those materials next week and trying to learn something from them so we can advance the story even further. So until then, thank you for all you do. And uh, let's stay in touch.
1: Great. Thanks, John.
0: All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. What an amazing story. It's happening in Missouri. It's probably happening in many other school districts. It may be happening right in your backyard. Check out all of this extraordinary information. It's available to you at justthenews.com. We're going to follow this case all the way through. We thank you for listening. And we look forward to another big newscast tomorrow, another broadcast. We've got some good guests, some big issues, and some breaking news on the horizon. Until then, God bless you, and God bless this extraordinary country, the United States of America, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.